If you've got your Bible with you, John chapter 4, just for a moment, I'm just going to make a few. It's on this theme of worship. Our night tonight is a, an evening of worship whereby we, we don't come with an agenda or we come with an open heart uh, to love and honor God and give him his place. And, and, and uh, we, we're a Pentecostal charismatic church and uh, we believe in being open to the person of the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit. So that's our, our, our evenings. These once a month, the first of the month, is a, a night of worship. But the last Sunday of the month is our night of prayer, lift up night of prayer. So these uh, meetings like this are open so that we are open to the Holy Spirit to touch and move and uh, flow through our hearts and lives. It's open for the people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and to flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So th- these evenings are, are open um, to be open to God in that way. Um, I just want to just make a comment or two. So John chapter 4, um, just if you've got a Bible, turn with it just for a moment or two. Um, it, for some of us, this might be a very well-known story. I'm not going to have an extended look at it, but just a few thoughts, just briefly, on the theme of worship as our evening is a night of worship. And uh, in verse 1 of uh, John 4, it reads like this. It says, Now Jesus learned... <clears throat> that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. And although, in fact, it was not Jesus who, was, uh, um, who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back at once uh, more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, and so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus Um, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well, and it soon became noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was who asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you a living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father, Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up into eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me. A time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we 
do know, for salvation is of the Jews, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. So, a Samaritan woman, Jesus is finding himself going through Samaria. He stops at this well, a very well-known well. It's a hot day. He looks to get a drink. He's very, very weary. He's really, really thirsty. In the east, it could get really, really hot. And so this lady is there, and she's a Samaritan. And so uh, Samaritans and Jews didn't mix because the Jews felt that Samaritans were sort of half-Jews or quarter Jews or a third Jew. They were Jews that had mixed with the people of the Samaria area, non-Jews. And so they were considered, you could say, they were considered unclean. So Jews and Samaritans didn't mix. So the fact that Jesus stopped at this well, spoke to this lady, and then said, will you give me a drink, was unheard of. And so it really shocked this woman just for him to actually sit, stay beside her, then talk to her, and then say, can you give me a drink? That would have been the most unclean thing to do. It wasn't done. A man talking to a woman, that was one thing. That that wouldn't have been done. But uh, a Samaritan, so this was an amazing occasion. That's a bit of background to the story. And Jesus asks her for a drink, begins to talk about her life. He can see into her life and he sees into her heart because he is the Son of God. And by the gift of the Spirit, he has a word of knowledge and wisdom about her life. And she then recognizes that he's a special man. He says, are you a prophet? Because he found out and knew that she'd had more than many husbands. And so this made her think that this man is not just a man. He's something more than he's a special person. He's obviously someone who really knows is spiritual, close to God. And then they get into a conversation when she tries to duck the issues of life and starts talking about religious things. It's as if she fires a flare. The, the The homing missile was coming to her heart, putting the finger on the pulse to say, this is what's in your life. And then she says something else about worship and mountains and religion and other stuff. Sometimes when you talk to people about life, you end up talking about something else because you change the subject because the subject that you're talking about is getting a bit too close to home. And that's exactly what happened with this lady. She changed the subject to religion and worship. And in that, taking it off of her life and her husband's and what's really going on in her heart. But Jesus is happy to talk about worship and religion and, and begins to then talk about what is real worship. And really interesting in this story, the, the lady speaks about worship and she talks about it. The, we Samaritans work at this mountain. It's a place called Mount Gerizim. It's a mountain. And the Jews said that you worshipped in Jerusalem at the temple. And so there was a debate going on. We were, both the Jews and Samaritans worshipped God, and they felt it was the same God. But one worshipped on this mountain, and the others worshipped at this temple. And God is the God, it was God Jehovah, the Almighty, the big, powerful, amazing, almighty God who is to be obeyed either at this temple or or that mountain, and they were this type of sacrifice, and, and with trumpets, and with bulls, and rams, and sacrifice. And Jesus says something incredible. He says, I'll put it into my words, that is not true worship. And so he then says there's a time coming 
whether it's this mountain or at the temple, the time is coming where the Father is looking for real worshippers, true worshippers. And then he says this about what is true worship. Now, just look at this just for a second, and then we're going to come back to continue to worship together. He says true worship. The Father is looking for true worshippers. He says, woman, you believe um, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We Jews worship what we know. For salvation is of the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshippers, and this is what Jesus says, will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they're the kind of worshippers that God seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship him in spirit and truth. So Jesus then shares something radical, something amazing. He shares something fresh. That the people of the day, whether they were Jews or Samaritans, the religious people, good people, people that even tried to worship God, people that considered they loved God, people who believed in God, would have read about the Bible and gone to sort of church, whether it's on a mountain or in a temple, and done religious things and done worship and ritual. But Jesus said, that is not true worship. And then he shares something amazing. He says that God is looking is a father, and he's looking for worshippers that worship him in spirit, because he's spirit, and spirit and in truth. And so he says, first of all, he says, God is a father. He revealed something. Now, to you and I, we read that today and think, oh, that's whoopee-doo. That's really nice. God is a father. We know the Lord's prayer, our father in heaven. But now we look back at it with hindsight. But what he's saying there is, at the time, God was Jehovah, Almighty, the Lord, the creator. He still is the creator. Now Jesus is sharing something very interesting. He says, worship the Father. And so what he reveals is that God is a Father in heaven. Someone who loves and cares for you, just as any parent does, but even more perfectly, because God is perfect. He reveals a relationship of love. Of This is relationship. Whereas the Jews and the Samaritans would look at God as Jehovah, Almighty God, Creator, He who is to be obeyed. And there was a sort of a sense of love. Now Jesus is talking of God as Father who is to be loved and who loves you and is interested in you, wants to get close to you. This would have been radical. And it still is radical today. He's looking for a heart relationship. And that's the difference And that's what worship is. Worship is having a relationship with God as Father. God as Father. And then he goes on to say this. So it's an intimate relationship that he says. And then he says this. God is spirit, and he wants us to worship him in spirit and truth. So he goes on from saying this father relationship, this intimate relationship, this love and friendship, and not just ritual, because they... You know, to you and I, this is so far removed from 2,000 years ago. But they'd go to the temple, they'd sacrifice a ram, or whatever it was they'd do, and they'd do it once a year, and the blood would be sprinkled. And you think, to us it sounds a bit crazy, but that's what, how they, what they would have done. And Jesus is revealing to them a heart relationship. All of that now, that is the shadow. This is the reality, a relationship with God as Father. And then he says, he's spirit, so worship him in spirit and in truth. And basically what he's saying here. It's not worshipping at a temple. It's not the geography of being on that mountain. It's all about the geography of your heart. Where is your heart? Who is in your heart? What's in your heart? 
doesn't matter if it's at this temple or that temple or this mountain or that mountain or this church or that church or wherever you are. The geography of where we're going to worship is in our hearts. And so when he says worship in spirit, he's not going, and we float around and, we, you know, as a, he's not, he's not, he's not saying that. He's actually referring to our hearts and the spirit of our hearts and, and by the power of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And this is what he's saying. And so when he says, and it's about where our hearts are at. And so when this lady was saying it's at that temple or this temple, you at the temple, me at the, he's saying it's not in any of, it's none of that. Excuse me. So you know sometimes you can be with someone, but they're not really with you. Because their heart is somewhere else. You've heard that saying. Someone will say, are you here? Are you with me? And somebody will say, well, I'm with you. But you know that they're not with you because their heart is somewhere else. They've left their heart. There's a song that says, I left my heart. Is it? Oh, yeah, that's it. I left my heart in San Francisco. Yeah. So there's a song. But, but that song is about where's your heart? And this is what Jesus is saying 2,000 years ago. Forget San Francisco. Now get that out of your mind for a minute. But, um, so, so, but this is what he's saying now. And it's about where our hearts are at. You know, what we value is where your heart will be. What you love and whom you love, that's where your heart will be. And this is what Jesus is now saying. This is radical. He says, God is Father, and whom you love, where you love, that's where your heart will be. But not only will your heart be there, but he will be in your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when he says, worship in spirit, it's about our hearts, who we value, whom we love. Where If we love God, we really give our hearts to God by the power of the Holy Spirit. It says, Christ comes within. Christ is now within. And it's whom we give our heart and what we give our hearts to. So I would ask, what do we give our hearts to? Is it my own opinion? Is it a denomination? Is it for money or your job? Is it, you know, an idolized another person? I don't know. But God, he says, in other words, Jesus was saying, give your heart to the Father. Give your heart and he will enter your heart. And then he goes on to say, worship the Father, intimate relationship, in spirit, with all our hearts, in the power of the Holy Spirit, obviously, because it's the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit now that comes to live within. And he says, and in truth, in spirit and in truth. And the idea of truth there is Jesus said this. What did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus shared that with his disciples one day. And so this idea of being the truth and Jesus would reveal this more and more as time went on, remember? It's this understanding of this idea of living our lives in Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, and on the power of his death and resurrection, and in and in him, and in the truth of who he is. It's not just on a feeling. It's not just on a feeling, because you could mistake, if I just stopped at the, having a relationship with the Father in the Spirit and with our hearts, you could just stop there and say, great feeling. But it's not just on that feeling, although it is a wonderful to be loved, to be loved and to know that you're loved 100% by Almighty God is an amazing feeling. But it doesn't just stop there. It says also in truth. And that truth is founded on who Jesus is. He is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. And he's revealed now in the truth, which is the word of God. All the pages, in the pages of the New Testament, we understand now that the word of Christ dwells us richly. And the truth is in the word of God, wrapped up in the living Jesus Christ. So what is worship then? Worship is our abandoned heart in the hands of a loving father. That's what Jesus basically said in a nutshell. 
When he spoke to the woman at the well, he was showing her this. When he said, worship the Father, because God is spirit. Worship the Father in spirit and in truth. He was basically saying this. Worship is giving your heart, our abandoned heart, in the hands of a loving Father. That's what worship is. We may sing songs. We may not sing songs. You may pray and you may not pray. But every day is worship as a Christian. Because why? We abandon our hearts into the hands of a loving God, a loving Father. In other words, to give over our lives to God. And so tonight, as we've been worshipping, we've been looking and being reminded of our help. Where does it come from? It comes from Almighty God. Who do we look to? We look to the hills. We look to God. We've been reminded of that again and again. Reminded that we we might not see things as they really are, but God, even if it doesn't seem to be going right, that God is good, and God has good intention and good plans for us, and things will work out right according to his plan. And so every day is an opportunity for us to give our hearts, to give our lives over to God, to abandon our hearts into the hands of a mighty, loving Father. Now, if we have... Challenges. Some people have challenges with that because with our, our parents, our mothers, our fathers, sometimes in life, maybe our earthly relationships haven't quite been, and we're reminded. So if you hear someone say about giving our hearts into the hands of a father God, we can sometimes think, oh, what does that mean? You know, my, my mother relationship, my father, earthly relationships haven't always been that brilliant. For some of us, that might be the case. Can I say this? That being the case, Almighty God is perfectly good true and just and forgiving for God to be God he can't make mistakes doesn't make mistakes God is perfect love perfect goodness perfect kindness perfect power perfect justice and so when God comes to us it's with perfect love perfect kindness perfect goodness perfect power knowing all things able to do anything full of mercy and grace so that when he comes to our lives he's a perfect father he's both a father and a mother his heart is he can be all things to us perfectly and so we can come tonight securing that and jesus modeled that jesus revealed that jesus shows that and so we can see that in the pages of the new testament in the bible as we read the bible we can see the perfection of god shown in the living jesus and now he comes by the power of the holy spirit into our hearts tonight. Let's abandon our hearts into the hands of a loving God. That means give our lives over to him. So tonight, are you concerned about anything? Are you worried about anything? Are you just living your life carefree, which is fine, but not living it for God? Are we holding on to issues and not giving them to God? As a Christian, do you think to yourself, hey, maybe, you know, there was a time when I really was all out for God, but I've grown a bit cold over the years. Worship is my abandoned heart, my life in the hands of a loving God. Let's pray together. And then we're going to just continue just to think about that as we continue just to worship for a few more moments and lay hold of that, giving our hearts over completely to Jesus, to the Father, and to the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight and we acknowledge Perhaps our, there's part of us that says we want to give our lives completely over to you, God. And there's a little bit of me that takes it back again. 
I maybe give you a problem or, or an issue in my life, and then I worry about it, which is normal, but it seems to grip me again. Or I've got a habit that I decide I'm going to give to God, and then that habit seems to come back again, and I pick it up again. There's a, there's a little bit of me. There's a worry, perhaps, at times when I give you a, an anxiety or a worry, and then I find myself falling into the same old pattern of worrying again. Uh, maybe there's, there's times when I've, I've known I've grown a bit cold, and I thought, I'm going to get back on fire for God. I'm going to give my life to God afresh. And then I find myself falling back into old habits. There's a little bit of me, I've got to confess, God, that seems to take it back again. So tonight we come before you, understanding that my worship is me giving over my heart completely into your hands. That's my life. That's my past. That's my today. That's my dreams of tomorrow. And giving that all into your hands and trusting that you are a good father in heaven who cares about me so much on earth that you sent your only son, Jesus, to take my place. And now you send the person of the Holy Spirit to fill my heart. Lord, receive my life, my hopes, my fears, my worries, my concerns, my habits, who I am, our church. Receive my life in your hands, in Jesus' name. While our eyes are closed, I want you to just to think, not to visualize, but just to think about that habit, that worry, that upset, that hope, that fear, that memory, that person, your plans, and whatever it is, name it in your heart. And put it in Jesus' hands. I'm going to give you just a minute to do that right now. Lord Jesus, you see our hearts right now. And you see our lives. And you see each one of us. as We've all probably done something, said something, and put something in your hands. Would you now just lift it? Pick it up, Lord, we pray. Lift it up. Lift it off our lives. Receive it from our lives. Receive it from our hearts. Whatever it is right now. Place your hand of healing on our lives. Put your arms of love around our lives. Come Holy Spirit, have your way in our lives. Oh, how good you are. Oh, how good you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.